Hi, I'm Lisa. Welcome to Pillontology, the pod about the wild and wonderful world of prescription pill medication. Every epi, I'll feature a pill and talk to a friend, or maybe not a friend, about their experience on that pill. Also a disclaimer, I'm not a doctor or a pharmacist, although sometimes I like to pretend that I am. Hope you enjoy. Today we're doing Prozac, also called fluoxetine, that's the generic. Uh, It's a drug used to treat depression, anxiety, OCD, bulimia, and panic disorder. It's an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So it blocks the reuptake of serotonin, the feel-good chemical, and creates an abundance of it in your brain. Serotonin regulates mood, social behavior, appetite, digestion, sleep, and memory. And most of your serotonin is found in your stomach, in your digestive tract. Did you know? I did not know. Today on the pod, we're interviewing renowned improv artist Sheila, a southern belle. And she has been taking Prozac for six months? For... Actually, almost a year and a half. I think I started in, like, last winter. Maybe a year and some change. Okay, so Sheila started a year and some change ago taking Prozac. And before that, she was taking Vyvanse, which she continues to take. And Vyvanse is a drug for ADHD, which I also take. Love Vyvanse. And she takes 20 milligrams of Prozac. So, Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Hi. Can you give us a little bit of background on your history with brain drugs? Yes. So, Vyvanse was the start. I, too, love it. It's a great drug. It's a good drug. Um, I got prescribed it at the end of high school before starting, before, like, going off to college. And I think it was my parents realizing that... I had been able to manage through high school these issues, I guess, with focus and attention span and whatever that, but that in college, out alone in the world, it could end up being very bad in a school setting. And so they got me tested and it was a much more legit testing process than I was expecting. My, one of my younger sisters had been on it since like third or fourth grade, different Mm -hmm. ADHD medication she's kind of like tried all of them and so I did like a week or two of sit-down interviews with a child psychiatrist and like some kind of behavioral health scientist person it was like a very legitimate process um so that was by Vance I then changed the prescription to a doctor where I went to college, which was, he was a total quack, (laughs) total quack. I literally sat and he didn't ask for any of my medical records to get transferred from my doctor at home. He had me fill out like a three page front and back multiple choice test in his waiting room and then just wrote me a prescription for it. That's what I did. Really? Yes. I had a doctor who looked like the dad from Full House, Bob Saget. And he, um, yeah, he made me fill out this thing that was intended for the parents to fill out, like, 
what were your grades like? Did you finish your homework? I was like, no, no, no. I wanted those drugs. Yeah. And I I got on them. Yeah. That was, I felt really weird with the question answer thing because it was so different than the first time I had gotten prescribed that I was like, is this legit? Should I be on this if you're able to just get it very easily? But no. No, but then also, I mean, it has been hugely helpful. I don't know what I would have done in college, school-wise, if I wouldn't have been on it just because focus and attention span. We always talk about this, though. To what extent is our success our own versus the Vyvanse or Adderall or whatever stimulant? And I think that is a huge... Uh, idea that weighs over everything I do. Like, Mm -hmm. did I do this myself? Totally. You know? I think it's like a Vyvanse identity crisis. What's the longest that you've gone off of it? Mm, Not long, like a week. Because when I first moved to D.C. from home, I didn't take it for a year and felt horrible for not just because of that, but I think a lot of reasons. Like, moving to a new place, it was a big stressful time But this identity crisis of, like, am I only a productive member of society because I'm taking meth? (laughs) This is, like, the only reason. (laughs) I still feel that way sometimes. Yeah. I feel like both of us, let's pray, but I feel like both of us would be okay. I hope. (laughs) I don't know. I I literally have only taken a week off when I got my wisdom teeth out. I love it too much. I actually know that people who are on antidepressants struggle with that idea also. Like, will I ever return to what I was when I didn't take antidepressants? Yeah. But they're not as stigmatized, I don't think. I I definitely don't feel the stigma, honestly, from either of them. But I feel like now, as an adult, I don't know if it's just where I am. I feel less stigmatized for the antidepressant than I would for the Vyvanse. Just because I think depression is more accepted. But I think it was the flip growing up where I didn't know anyone who was open about being on any kind of SSRI or like... Well, you're from the South. Yeah. People are less open And still are less open. Even though like throughout the country, I feel like people are more chill talking about being depressed as the world like crumbles around us. But... Um, even in my family where now as an adult in the past like eight years, I've learned about all this extensive familial mental health history that I knew nothing about. And it's just like, like these things that aren't unusual when you, when you talk to other people and familial history of mental illness, but then hearing it for the first time and having the vocabulary now to understand what depression could be has been helpful yeah I struggle with this sometimes I'm like what is depression exactly I don't think I've felt completely in the pits of this world but I have felt really down and out and yeah what point is it pathological what does it feel like for you (laughs) so I don't know that I would know what it feels like if I wasn't going to therapy in conjunction with the antidepressant because I had been seeing my therapist that I'm still seeing for like a year a little over a year when she suggested she was like have you thought about she's a social worker but she's 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 beautiful um but 
she suggested talking to a prim- my primary care doctor about maybe trying some antidepressants. And she was like, I don't prescribe, but from what she described, this visual of like a wave, a big wave going up really high and down really low and that she could see that with me coming in, that it would be things are like fine and I'm totally fine and which actually is me kind of denying how I was feeling and Mm. then I would drop down into these really deep lows and I think that is what it feels like for me. Depression is like the an inability to control the magnitude of my feelings. So are you aware that you're in these funks when you're in them or is it something that you retrospectively look on and that your therapist helped you see from a distance? So before seeing her, I totally didn't know I was in it. I would just... I mean, when I first moved up here for like two years, I just cried every single night. And I don't think Mm -hmm. even going to doctor's appointments, you know how every doctor or the nurse when they're checking you in are like, do you feel depressed? And you just say no, because you're like, I don't know what you mean. Do you mean, do I like... I still say no. Me too. I'm even on antidepressants when I'm just going to get blood work or something done and I'm not talking about my medication I'm like nah I don't take any because it's like I don't know I'm not depressed this person who just asked me like you asked for my height and weight and then this question and so I feel confused about what you want the answer to be yeah like I'm not suicidal but am I depressed I don't know we don't have time yeah (laughs) so let me just like finish the doctor's appointment um But I think now I can notice it in the moment more than I could before because with the help of my therapist of like knowing what being able to identify my own behavior patterns and just understand the way that I react to situations or when I feel me feeling overwhelmed or like attacked by the things going on around me is less of a symptom of my environment and more of like me being able to recognize now that like maybe I'm depressed like life feels too overwhelming too many demands on me too many demands and just like I can't I can't do it meaning anything if just like if someone someone being upset around me or me needing to complete basic tasks just feeling like too overwhelmed yeah yeah I feel that And it's hard not to take a self-conscious view even while you're in those moments. And, like, even when you're, for me at least, when I'm talking to people, I can't even complete my thoughts. I start getting so in my head. Um, Yeah, it's not a fun place to be. Do you still feel that way with antidepressants? Like, The last time I felt that way for a sustained amount of time, I went up on my dosage. So I I stayed at only... 10 milligrams of Prozac for like six months and was totally fine. But then I started feeling horrible and going, having the regular therapy check-ins and being able to have to like consciously track my mood. Mm -hmm. It has been helpful for that because I realized talking with her like, Oh, it's been two months and I just feel like shit. And overwhelmed and like 
teary and just having trouble regulating my emotions. And so I don't feel that way right now, but I have noticed it since starting the medication. So do you think the catalyst of your troughs of feeling happened upon moving from Mississippi to D.C.? Honestly, no. So I think it goes back to the vocabulary thing. I just had no idea growing up what... My behavior patterns haven't changed. It's just now I understand what they are. You're aware of it. I'm aware of it, yeah. And so in high school or even in junior high, when I would sit up and, like, anxiously cry for eight hours a night and sleep zero hours, it's, like, could be moody teen. Easy for me to be able to rationalize it out as something else because I didn't understand what being anxious or depressed was. But now... I can look back and see those patterns. But I think moving up here, there was a lot going on and that it was definitely a catalyst for a more dramatic, it felt like, I felt lonelier, which made it feel, I think, more difficult to handle or to pretend like it wasn't happening, which had always kind of been my MO in the past of like... Moving is really hard. It's really hard. I don't think people talk about how hard it is enough in, a, in an emotional way, not in like a like a TV show way where it's like, oh my gosh, I have to find a laundry mat or yeah. whatever, but in a way where it's like developing an identity, meeting all new people. You did really well though. I mean, you, you. you did. You joined improv right away or? After I joined improv once I had... I was working two jobs, and so once I was able to quit the second job, I started improv in the evenings. Where were you working? Glenn's Garden Market. Oh, cool. In DuPont in the evening, and then during the day for this horrible, now defunct federal budget consulting firm, I'm doing an internship. Nonsense. I have no idea what those words mean. Does being on antidepressants affect any of your speech patterns or, like, word recall for improv? When I first started taking it, I kind of had an identity crisis about this, too, of, like, am I not feeling funny or am I not thinking on my feet as quickly? But I think, if anything, it has helped me just be a more stable human being, which has helped me be more attentive to the things going on around me, which for improv is helpful. But I think there's that sense of when you don't feel as emotionally volatile, you're like, am I not creative anymore because I'm not flying off the handle when actually it's like you can still be creative, but you just can also not terrorize the people around you with your crazy temper tantrums and craziness. Yeah. Yeah. I They always say like, what would Picasso have been like on antidepressants or these artists? And it's like, just not depressed. Yeah, probably fine. Yeah, fine. And maybe maybe they wouldn't have made the same art or the same amount of art, but let's leave it up to them of whether they would have been happier <laughs> like do you ever medicated. Do you see yourself uh, ever going off of it? Um I don't know. We have talked a lot about with the vibe of like childbearing, what this means. Do you have to go off every medication? I'm not interested in getting pregnant in the short or long term. Like, it's in not... In the long term. <laughs> I mean, probably in the long term. But, like, it's weird. That is the only 
environmental situation where I can see myself like, okay, I have to get off of these things. So now I would get off of them. Yeah. I mean, Vyvanse feels like it's not great for me. And I always am testing myself like, okay, maybe tomorrow or on this vacation. But the reality is, in its own way, Vyvanse is an antidepressant. Stimulants are antidepressants. I was going to ask you, when you first, your senior year, when you went on Vyvanse, did you feel better? Or, like, do you remember feeling manically good? I So, I got, I think I'm really, this is not scientifically backed up by any data, but I think I'm none very, of none of it is. So, I think I'm very sensitive to medication, and, because both of these dosages are, like, pretty low, mm-hmm. but when I first got prescribed, I was on 40 milligrams of Vyvanse, which for me felt I felt like a maniac for, I started off on 30 and then right when I moved to college, I went to 40. My sleep schedule was already total trash and I did feel like a lunatic. And for, I think pretty much my freshman semester, I only drank Diet Coke and then would have like a large Chick-fil-A ice cream, ice cream cone for my one meal every day, which didn't, I think it just was a perfect storm for me feeling Looney Tune. But the 30 milligrams has been stable, and I don't feel Looney Tune, Looney Tune anymore. I think I like feeling Looney Tune. Like, I what like kind? a little bit of disordered eating Looney Tune. Like, no eating all day, eating at night, feeling like I can control that. Do So, I think about the eating element of it a lot, because... Oh, yeah. That'd like, be a big fat so. Which is scary to think about because it's like, okay, is this creating a healthy body image for myself? No. No. But like, yeah, it's... But that's not that's not the drug's fault or your fault. Yeah. It's our society's fault. So blame not you. Blame not me, <laughs> but then also don't blame me for continuing to take it and be being glad that I... That it does minimize my appetite at times, which I do feel guilty for feeling good about that. Oh, it feels but so it's good. Nice. I mean, there's an element of control in Vyvanse that, at least it's perceived, I think, that feels really comforting. Totally. Even, like, waking up and not taking it, if I feel kind of hazy, that lack of control feels bad. But then you just and can then you take, take it. it. And you, like, feel... That stresses me a little bit, but also... It feels good. What happens if you miss a dose on Prozac? Have you done that? Nothing. I have done that. So this is where I I didn't know this about the medication, but you missing a dose doesn't really do anything, I guess, because the it builds up Mm -hmm. in your brain or your stomach or wherever. The serotonin. I didn't know that the gut thing. I'm like very curious to look into that now. But um, as long. As I take it the next day, I should be fine. If I don't miss a couple of days, I should be fine. But I have missed a dose, and I'll try to... I started at first taking it in the morning, but it made me kind of grog. So now I take it before I go to sleep, and it doesn't mess me up at all. And has it helped your sleep, too? Honestly, probably. Because especially with the... With the vibe, I've never have been a good sleeper, medicated or non, and so the Vyvanse didn't help with my inability to sleep, but I think the Prozac does help me regulate sleep a little bit, or just feel tired and 
being okay with actually giving in to being tired, which is something that I had trouble with growing up. I feel that, yeah. Um, It's crazy. I have always said this to you, but you have really good skin for somebody who doesn't sleep. When I was on the vibe manic situation and I wasn't sleeping really at all, I used to have this daydream in my head of I'm going to just be walking down the sidewalk and I'm going to just drop dead because I have not slept in weeks. Yeah, I wonder, which I don't feel anymore so much. But I wonder if like all the collective stress builds up and shortens our lifespan in some way, or like yeah. you know, make will all of a sudden make our faces fall in to give us wrinkles. But you know what? There's a cure for that. Now. Just like there are medications for these other issues, we can do a little squirt, squirt yeah. in the forehead. Yeah, give me every side effect because we can fix with another. With thing. another, mm-hmm. add one more pill. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. Do you notice an interaction with the Vyvanse and the Prozac? That's a good question. On Prozac. So I think taking the two together, I did notice that my appetite wasn't as suppressed as it normally oh. was. Which I think was just me not thinking about the food part as much. Because with the Vyvanse, I think I would lean into like, oh, I'm not hungry, so I'm not going to seek out food I'm consciously not going to seek out food but I think the Prozac just I wasn't thinking about not eating as much it alleviates that tension yeah which I think is like it removing some of the anxiousness but has it gone back now that it's built up like are you now thinking about food more no no well I've I this is another identity crisis with both of these where it's like I feel like I was eating more which I didn't like yeah, that's a nine. It's a nine. But then it's, yeah, that's why the therapy element is always key because I'm like, there's a deeper issue here that sh- is not going to be fixed by me eating or not eating like one extra snack a day. And I need my girl, Karen, to help me more understand what my motivation is there for like feeling glad that I don't eat or glad that I do eat. I don't know. I think it's so common. Like you're saying, how are we yeah. supposed to not? We live where there's like an excess. You can have a pack of Oreos followed by salt and vinegar chips with like Delicious. a little Debbie on top, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think whenever there's an excess of something or a dearth of something, that's when people become neurotic about yeah. it. And it's like a collective societal neuroses. I mean, I was skinny in high school and was still obsessed with controlling my weight, you know? Totally. I mean, same. My parents are always like, you are crazy. We didn't think about it. If you were fat, you were fat. If you were skinny, you were skinny. They didn't think about it? No, because they said people were born the way they were. There was nothing you could do about it. And, like, the standard of beauty was so different. It was, like, a full-figured woman was an attractive woman. So you never felt, like, home pressure to be? Yeah, I did. I was like, you are your best at... 134 (laughs) pounds. Cool, great. Yeah, okay. That's sustainable. I mean, she's, you know, they wheeled me into my nose job. They're They're supportive parents. Supportive. They want you (laughs) to look and feel your best. They want me to look good, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm controlling, too, and I could see myself, unfortunately, projecting those same vanity notions onto my children, but we'll see. We'll see. If I ever have children. I think about, to what extent have these drugs affected my fertility? 
a question that I don't even let myself Google because I'm like, I don't want to know. What's your favorite hypochondriasis Google? God, probably just abstract abdominal pain. Mm. When in reality, it's probably I have trapped gas. Yes. But actually, I'm like, why do I have a tumor on my lung that's poking a nerve on blah, blah, blah? Girl, I think I have a colon obstruction. Yeah, I mean, you might. You think so? I know. (laughs) Have you had one? No. That I know of. Yeah. But then some of these pains, what is your hypochondria? Okay, so I will go, like, I'll have three months at a time where I research foot surgery, flat foot surgery. I've heard about the feet thing. I'm obsessed like I know about you know the bone removal how to lengthen your Achilles tendon love that nose jobs obviously gas Crohn's IBS all all of that colitis um Izzy actually has Crohn's and is going to be interviewed oh my god I did not know Izzy had Crohn's he does but he didn't know he had it until he noticed a rash on his eyelids so it it didn't even manifest in his stomach. This is why you can never be too much of a hypochondriac because anything that shows up could actually be right worse. Yeah. Eyelash rash, eyelid rash. You've got Crohn's. You've <laughs> yeah, but he's good. I'm excited to hear. I'll listen to the app. Also, I want to find somebody on acne meds, if you know of anybody Ooh. on acne meds. Like Accutane? Accutane, doxycycline, any of the antibiotics? Mm-hmm. I'll think about it. My high school boyfriend did Accutane. It didn't really help. So, Damn. I he know. had a really severe case of it was serious. That's nice of you. Um, you did some charity work, yeah, Sheila. Yeah. Okay, so I always ask, this is my last question, would you recommend Prozac? Um, for me, yes. I would, I think the main recommendation would be get a therapist you trust, find someone who can, or a doctor that you really trust that knows your health history and that you can speak openly with and can make a good recommendation. And if Prozac is that recommendation, I think like trying it is good. Diplomatic. Very diplomatic. How do you know that you can trust your therapist? Man, great question. Well, sometimes I'm like, I've been going to therapy for so long, I know myself, mm-hmm. I think, better. But honestly, sometimes I do some of the same <laughs> things, and it's like, for a long time, I'll be doing the same things yeah. that I went there to stop doing. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. I, maybe, maybe trusting anyone is too big of a task to ask. Maybe it's uh, being able to just actually tell someone that you're feeling off. That's a big thing. Yeah. When you finally are like, I'm a sad sack. Yeah. I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> for sad sackedness, not yes. for like a checkup and then hope that it is a rash or like hope that like a vitamin D deficiency will Rear cure me of this. Oh, oh. But yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Rear its ugly head so that it's like, okay. Thank God this is just, like, vitamin D and I don't actually have to, like, talk about a feeling I don't understand. You're right in that when you name the feelings, it really alleviates a lot of the pressure. And when you're young, you're so resistant. And also when you're a man, you're really resistant. The worst. But now I like to yell about everything that's going on. My And, like, knowing. 
that you can yell about it and you know this is a fart and I can yell. But I'm also aware that I'm a young, attractive woman and it's not going to be so cute maybe. I mean. 10 years, 15 years from now. I think it'll still be cute. You've got a very young face. Thank you. Right back at you. Thanks. Well, Sheila, I really appreciate you coming. I guerrilla marketed her onto being on Philanthology and she succumbed. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.